When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Beyond the To-Do List. I'm forgoing a an inter... Yeah, an interview. No. Yes, this is no interview. No. <laughs> it, actually, it isn't an interview. It's a conversation. Anyway, Mike Vardy is sitting here waiting in the wings on Skype. I don't know how that all works metaphorically, but Mike, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, Eric. I really appreciate it. Love what you're doing here. I mean, I haven't been able to keep up as much lately just because <laughs> things are crazy, but um, every time I, I get a chance to listen... Uh, I love what you're doing. I get to see you in like a few weeks, I know. Too, which is going to be awesome. That'll be awesome. And, and, and if for people that don't know what that is, that's PodCamp. I keep saying PodCamp. It's Podcast Movement. And I, I'll put a show. Uh, I'll put a show to that in the link notes. And uh, <laughs> you can. T- it's funny because we. I, I was fine. We were talking pre-show, and then I hit record, and now I'm like, make sure it's your affiliate link. I, I know. mean affiliate link. I mean uh- <laughs> yes, it's my artisanal affiliate link. And so anyway, the, the podcast podcast movement. It's August, middle of August, Dallas. Yep. If you're a podcaster or a podcast fan listener or if you're just in that area um come check it out we will be there a bunch of other um well-known names will be there it'll be fun so that'll be awesome i'm looking forward to it so yeah that'll be good but uh we figured it it made sense for you to come back on the show and not have it all be about you know who you are and what you do but maybe and I, i actually got the idea i was like you know what what would be really fun is if i could get some ideas for us to just talk about and boy did we get a lot i know it's like it's weird i'm like how many questions do we do this is like gonna be a two-parter there's so many questions unless you're gonna curate them and then you're gonna offend somebody here's the thing i we got one person (laughs) (laughs) hi andrew you know who you are yes (laughs) who gave us a chunk of questions in the the google plus productivity group and there's a theme there's a thread if you if you look at those in fact while I'm talking about that, I'm going to actually copy those and paste them over to you in Skype. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. So that's a little behind that. behind baseball or inside baseball is the better way to put and it. And your metaphors are all mixed I up. I know. With... What happened? Anyway. You should, you should podcast more often. I know. Maybe you'll get me. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. There's so, a big theme here. Yeah, yeah. So you look those over. I'm going to talk for a sec. But all you right. can see there's a theme. There's a thread. And it also ties into uh, a question that my co-author, Jim Woods, wrote on Facebook saying something along the lines of, talk about the transition from hustling on the side to full-time self-employment. And he said that would be fantastic. And and so I don't know that I fully uh, say that I'm in that position or place or have done that journey per se. I've had some transitions, and, but I know that you have – um, your, your, your thing, your, your side thing is your main thing these days. Is that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Basically as of actually, it's funny as of July, like there are no other things that I do. Like I was ghostwriting for a couple of sites and stuff, but then once I launched productivity as coaching and honestly, when I'm at podcast movement, I'm going to have to give Greg Heckman a, a, a big, big hug because, uh, or a beer or both, uh, because I, I read his hug post his about, about coaching. Yeah. Like the product that you can launch. And you know what? You know how when you're when you're reading up and you're like, what do I do? How do I make? What do I, you know? And it you've probably read 1,500 posts on what you should make and they all mean something. But then there's just the one that hits home and yeah. you don't know why. That's yeah. the one. So Greg's post on coaching, I'm like, uh, you know what? I can do this. And I did. And I, uh, I'm now at 20 clients in less than what? Two, uh, I guess as this happens, we're three months, not even full three months. 20 clients. And I'm like, wow, like that. 
um, that that just happened out of nowhere. But uh, and it was funny. I was talking to my wife, who's uh, and I know one of the questions Andrew's going to ask is how to get the family kind of involved or whatever, and how to make sure you're kind of present. But my wife's helping out a bit more with the business these days now that it's my full time thing. And I said to her, I'm like, you know, I re- I'm really sorry. She goes, What are you sorry for? And I said, Well, I you know I should have done this a lot sooner. And she said, Well, you weren't ready. I'm like, What do you mean I wasn't ready? And she said, Well. She said, you, sure, you had all the knowledge and all the ability. You, I mean, you've been in the space for a long time, but you weren't ready to do it in a one-on-one setting where you were confident enough to impart you know, your knowledge and your expertise in a way that you felt would be as impactful or was as valuable as maybe it is. Or it, it clearly is. In her mind, I still throw the maybe it is, but she's like, <laughs> as it is. Um, and I guess that's, that's the big thing is, is that when, when the side hustle becomes the thing that – you're not just passionate about because you're clearly passionate about it, but when it's as your confidence grows with it, as you see people, you know, you guys have that book, you know, the book, and you're working on other stuff. As you see people buying that stuff and accepting it, and listening to the podcast and all that, and you know, all the questions that came out for this episode, I'm like, wow, this is this is a lot. Uh, your confidence grows naturally. It doesn't matter what level, quote unquote, you feel that you're at. Um, and that means allows you to take things to the next level. And I think that that as that that's going to be your biggest ally is is you 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 paying attention to that, being aware. I've got this block that I picked up when I was in Ottawa. It's just a little desk block and has the word awareness on it. And you and I have talked about this before, mm-hmm. either but on the podcast and as well as just you know us chatting. Is that awareness? Forget like you know willpower is important, perseverance, discipline, but it's the awareness is like the is the key to unlocking all that stuff. Once you're, you know, and the only way you can be aware is kind of just to take the time to step back and say, all right, what's going on here? How do I feel? Let's look at the situation. Once you have that awareness, that breeds the confidence, which breeds the willpower, or at least adds you to, it feels, makes the willpower that much fuller. Um, and then you can take it from there. So I think that, that being able to uh, look at like the gear and all that stuff is important, but it's those human conditions, the awareness, the discipline, the, the confidence, but especially the awareness of the confidence that can kind of allow you to go, okay, well, how let's scale this thing down and let's scale this other thing up. And that's what I did with Costco. That's exactly what I did when I was working my day job. And, and even after that, when I was working at the Victoria Film Festival, I didn't, you know, quit outright. I, I mitigated the risk by scaling one thing back and scaling the other thing up until when I was working at the film festival, it was 40 hours there and 40 hours online and something had to give. The question is deciding and the confidence allowed me to decide to say, hey, you know what? It's the film festival. It's got to give. And and the reason that gave wasn't because I was better at online than I was at the film festival. I was, I was good at what I did at the film festival. But I weighed the long-term impact, the long-term effects. I knew that working for a, an arts organization in a province of Canada that was slowly and surely cutting back arts, arts funding and had I had little control over that was not where I wanted to be. I'm in a position now, especially now, where I have almost 100% control. I mean, let's hope net neutrality doesn't come <laughs> doesn't go away because yeah. <laughs> that will change the game completely. But I mean, I have more control over my career, ergo my life than I've ever had before. And as that happens, you get more confidence and you're, you know, so it, it, all this stuff is is it propagates over time. Well, and so the other thing is, is that you said, I don't know how long ago you said the thing about, yeah, you know, I suddenly had like 20 coaching clients mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah, they weren't out of nowhere. They weren't You're out right. of nowhere. They weren't all of a sudden you, mm-hmm. you earned them or yeah. you earned their trust over time. And what you were doing over time was that thing online. I mean, you've been writing everywhere. You've been podcasting for m- longer than me, at least in this field. Mm-hmm. And you had the 40 hours online and the 40 hours and you so you scaled back the one that wasn't the one you were going to move forward with however even then you weren't bringing in like the bacon so to speak and and, and that was your your only thing you know doing the writing doing the podcasting doing, like the money that you were making off that which was started slow and then started to increase like was nothing compared to now what you're doing but even now like your your wife still works and mm-hmm. it, so it's it's again you have to take into consideration all the different factors because my i mean again my situation's different i'm working from home now and mm-hmm. i'm doing community management for social media examiner and my wife works part-time and so you know if she was full-time or different this and that whatever variables like whole yeah, other yeah. situation so nobody's situation is exactly the same 
No, but you have to be willing to to look at your situation and go, okay, how much does this matter to me? Like we don't live very uh, very extravagantly. Right. We have a tenant that lives in our basement. Like we have a, a, a suite. We could – my daughter who's nine and my son who's four, they still share a room. And the reason they share a room isn't because we want them to. It's because we want our lives to be as as great as they are now. If we – if I went and you know did a bunch of stuff that first off either I didn't enjoy doing or, or I didn't um, believe in. So – uh, charging more than what I feel people can afford. Because my big thing is I want to help people. I don't want to uh, – that said, I want to make money. But I don't feel that – I think that there's a certain threshold where you you know you, you, you separate who can afford what, you, what you're offering and who can't. And, and I have a very distinct line of where I want that to be. But – uh, you have to be willing to make sacrifices, and I know lots of people are saying, you know, who well, I like to go to dinner, you know, once a week. That's our thing. Well, what if you didn't do that and you did the other thing? So you have to be willing to make some sacrifices. And honestly, they're not really sacrifices if you get to do the other thing you want to do. They're more compromises, and that's what's happened. My wife only works at this point three days a week during the week, and the reason is because she wants to spend time with my son on Thursday and on Monday. Today is a day as we're recording this is a Monday. Her and I have she works on my business on Monday. I do all the creative stuff. She's doing all the admin stuff because the admin stuff is what I absolutely suck at in terms of the scanning. I mean, I have all the tools. I can scan my receipts. It doesn't mean I like doing it. So she's doing that stuff. And actually what we did, Eric, to, to make that happen is, you know how I was doing the virtual assistant experiment, right? Right. She said, well, why don't we not do that anymore? And I just take that day off and I do that stuff. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like it was, it was like, all right, well that, that's a win-win on two counts. And then the Friday she doesn't work because she, uh, that's her, that's the day that she likes to go do her stuff so that by the time the weekend arrives, um, we're good to go. And frankly, we, we, our son's only in daycare two days a week because it allows us to, it doesn't cost us a small fortune. So all these little things, all these intentions yeah. that we have, we paid a great deal of attention to. And we, we had Chase Reeves on mics on mics not too yep. long ago. Just and I said, that. yeah. And I said to him, I said, you are one of the most intentional and attentional person, people I've ever met. And he said, I don't understand what that means. I'm like, <laughs> well, because you're, you're intentional. Like all the, in, all the things you do have intention and then you pay attention to those. So many people have, you know, the power of intention that Wayne Dyer talks about. Um, it's all well and good to have intention. But if you don't pay attention to it and you don't foster those, then they really are powerless. So that's what we try to do here. That's what's allowed me to continue to not just grow my business, but be able to say to my family, hey, you know what? In February, when my daughter for her birthday gets her own bedroom because we'll take over the basement, we'll have enough money in the bank that we don't have to worry about having a tenant downstairs and we won't be house poor or we won't be struggling or we won't be, you know, but we won't be going out for dinner every week leading up to that point either. So you have to make those those tough choices and those tough choices will, uh, if, if dealt with accordingly, will allow you to really like say, okay, I'm going to take a step back and do the thing I really want to do as opposed to, you know, kind of you know, going through the motions and saying, well, wait until I get this thing done and then I'll be able to do that someday maybe. Because we all know the someday maybe list in our uh, task management applications is the fullest folder of all. <laughs> and it rarely moves yeah. into the actual now folder. It becomes the bucket list. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, it was weird when I was at WDS. I guess it was coming up to two weeks ago now. The World Domination Summit in Portland. There was uh, somebody asked me, uh, "Oh, going to Scott Dinsmore's party? He's the guy that runs Live Your Legend." They asked me to write one thing down on my bucket list that I'd like to do, and I was trying to think, and I couldn't think of it. And that's not me being like you know uh, arrogant or you get to, but I'm like, wait, I you get to a point where you where you realize. I have almost everything I need and anything I think of that's a bucket list item, I really have to think about. That's kind of cool. I, I like that. Hmm. I like having that option as opposed to, oh, here are the 18 things that I know I absolutely want to do. I would actually have to do a brain dump to do uh, a bucket list item and then I'd have to pick one of those things. But it's not something I could write down walking into an entryway saying, here, write down the one thing that you want on your bucket list. So that's an interesting place to be and not too many – I wouldn't say not too many people are there, but – when you're there, that's a pretty darn good feeling. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people 
people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, so then what I would say is that uh, the way that you've gotten to that place has been through those three things that you've mentioned now, awareness Mm -hmm. and intention and attention. Yep. You've used those as your decision-making tools. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When you're working from home, and I don't know if you've noticed this already, but there's two things that can happen. And actually, I was talking to Brett Kelly about this recently, too. Like When you first start working from home and you've quit your job, you kind of take that first month and and kind of go at it a little bit slower, you know, in some cases. (laughs) I know (laughs) I I did. That was the month I watched lots of Seinfeld. Exactly, exactly. And then... Then you can go one of two ways, you, you, and you sometimes go back and forth between. One is I'm at home, I, I I'm in my most comfortable place, I can get a lot of work done, and that's that's a place you want to be at. Or there's the I'm in a really comfortable place where I can get a lot of work done, but oh look the TV's over there, or oh look the you know, or oh I want to step outside. So um, that awareness block right in front of me is a reminder that hey, well, why are you here? What well, it's the whole why thing. Like you know, start with why. Why why am I working from home? Oh, so I can write a thousand words a day on the Asana book I'm working on, or so I can start to really push forward with the with the new book that that's my own solo effort as opposed to the Asana book with Jeremy that I'm working on. Like that trigger word, and again, trigger is something I use a lot. Mm. Allows me to kind of say, all right, I am home. My kids are not here. My wife is out running errands right now. This is my opportunity. This is the time. And Monday for me is a day I get all day, whether my wife's here or not. Same thing with Friday. Thursdays, I get it a lot of the time. But my son, if he's here, I'll go to the coffee shop. Why? Because I have that freedom to do it. But it's all about tapping into, the, like you said, those three things. And the hard part for people like us and a lot of people generally is that lately, you know how I I wrote that post a long time ago to assessing projects. I am constantly assessing projects at this point because I get a lot of great ideas and, and you get that the distraction now becomes, well, what if that's the one that works best or what's if that's the one that works best? And I've had to get much better. And it's a, it's a constant thing to say, you know, looking at this block awareness. No, this is the one. Let's get this project done. Then let's move on to the next one. If somebody else releases something similar in the meantime, so be it. I just need to make sure, and we talked about this before the call, that when I do that project, if I decide to do it, I'm not just going to ship it. I'm going to deliver it. I'm going to deliver the goods. And I think we're at a point where there's so much out there that the value can be found in the quality of what you're putting out there as opposed to just the fact that it's out there pre-show, we kind of said, hey, let's savor this for the show. Let's go mm-hmm. over that real quick here. So a lot of people, they're, they're thinking marketing. They're thinking, you know, I'm creating my own thing and then I'm putting it out there and they, a lot, you know, the vernacular is Seth Godin's word, shipping. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that Seth doesn't say, Seth is all about shipping, but he also doesn't say just ship crap. Yeah, no, exactly. But most people, it's, it's like the inbox zero term that Merlin's talked about, mm-hmm. right? It's, Oh, email inbox zero. There, I'm productive. That's not what that means at all. No. <laughs> um, same thing with when he says ship it. He doesn't mean like get it out there and make. It doesn't matter what what quality it is. But the problem is, is what people 
you know, they, what they look at it as. You know, if they look at it and say, oh, well, I just, if I just put it out there, people will buy it. And you know what? Some people probably will. And that might be the very last thing you ever sell. Um, oh, good or, point. Or, you know? <laughs> but, so, and we don't want that to be the case. So no, it's like, why set no, yourself up like that? No, because trust is hard to build, right? Like that trust. And I, I'll be honest. When I released uh, the Productivity's workbook, I was very pleased with with what I put out there. The Now Year, not as much initially, and I'm actually going to be retooling it as well. The Now Year was one of those ones, and and here's the thing: you know how you put out there, I'm going to be releasing this on this date, and I'm going to this is when it's going to be at. You know that whole public accountability yeah, setting stuff? that deadline. So oh now my you god, have to do it. You, you know what? That's all <laughs> well and good when you only have one thing you're working on, but when you have an abundance of ideas. Do not do this. I've done this. I made the mistake again just recently with my website. And the reason is I thought, you know what? I'm going to pay somebody to help me build a new website and it's going to be ready. And I started using a new platform and there were some hiccups with the platform. And then the other guy had some projects and I wasn't, I mean, it wasn't this guy's fault at all. My designer, Cody Kiesler, is a great designer. But it became, uh-oh, well, wait, now I'll just push it off another week and I'll push it off another week. That's trust. And all of a sudden, I had to go back in and write a blog post saying, it's not going to be done till this time. And guess what? It's not going to be done at that time now either because there's been some other <laughs> stuff that's popped up. So so this is the thing that I've realized is that out of all the – I mean I've got Lyft and I do the crowdfund, like the crowdsourced kind of habit building stuff. I will probably – unless the project is done – or is is like at that point, like you were talking about the 90% to 10% that John Acuff was talking yeah. about. If it's at that point, I'll announce it. And then I'll ship it shortly thereafter. But I'm not going to do this because it's backfired on me too much at this point. And it's, it's, it's all on me. Absolutely all on me. But it doesn't work. My, the way my mind works and the, all the stuff I've got going on, it doesn't work. And I want to be effective first, efficient second. That's what productivity really is. It's not about being you know, as fast as you can. It's about being as effective as you can and then building the efficiency over time. So guess what? Uh, exclusive for beyond the to-do list, my website won't be ready until the fall. <laughs> the new design <laughs> won't be ready until the fall, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I will deliver stuff up until then, uh, you know, my regular blog posting, all that stuff. But I've got other stuff that I've been working on that will come out before then. But guess what? I'm not going to tell you about it until it's absolutely ready. <laughs> well done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so it's funny. I, I just remembered the probably the, the most retweeted thing that I've ever uh, tweeted was a quote from John Acuff while I was sitting at one of his conferences, and it was paraphrased something along the lines of "Connect it to Seth Godin's shipping." Is that uh, his idea? Is John's idea? Is that one hundred percent perfect and in your head helps nobody, but ninety percent and out in the world. Uh, you know, changes lives or changes mm-hmm. the world or what, you know, whatever it, it right. is, is good and helps people. And so are you saying that once you get to, you're, you're going to aim for 90% from now on because you want to, you want it to be of quality, but you could still tool around on something for forever and never put it out. I mean, it's again, that, that was one of the things when you were talking, I, I hear listeners saying, well, then how do you know that something that you're creating is done? I mean, how do you, how do you strike the balance between, dinking around on it forever or putting it out there and then moving on to the next thing and so how do you find your 90 percent to ship it where it's good quality and you're are you talking maybe telling people about stuff that it's coming at about the 85 percent mark yeah probably about the 80 percent mark actually okay once i know that it's because basically the Here's here's how I worked out with the latest project that I'm working on, which is which is going to be released soon, and it's it's very similar to uh, one of my first you know kind of book package kind of things. Is I assembled it, got it off to the editor. The editor looked at it. We had about a couple back and forths. We're now in the design phase, so I know now I'm just waiting on the designer. So at this point, it's I'd say seventy percent done, maybe sixty five. Once I see the first set of designs. And I say, okay, great. When will this be finished? Then I'll probably get to that 80%. That's when I'll announce it. That's when I'll put pre-sale. I'll either go to Amazon and put a pre-sale up or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I'll, probably, I'll probably follow Paul Jarvis's model this time around. Paul, Paul and I are, are friends. He lives actually in the same city as <laughs> yeah. I do. There's a few of us. It's really weird. Myself, Mark Johns, who did the – did you ever see the Tina Roth Eisenberg, the Tatley with the what to focus on? And there's the happy in the middle. It looks like a, almost like a target. Mark Johns is pretty well known on the internet, but no one knows in Victoria who the heck he is. So the three of us kind of are like the quiet, no one, you can't be here in your own hometown. So we get together every once in a while, <laughs> just chat about that. But when it's ready to be 
announced, like when I know that, okay, it just needs, now we're just basically, you know, putting it together for, you know, EPUB, for Mobi, all that stuff, then I'll announce it. And then I'll release it when I'm, when I figure the time's right. The problem in the past is what I've done is I've said, all right, I want to have a product out as of July 3rd, my birthday, let's say. I'll start working on it in May and by July 3rd, it should be ready if because I can get it ready. But it's not always on me. It's always it's 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 oh, the editor has other things. Oh, but but, you know, oh, the designer has other things. But and that's not on them. That's on me. That's just not me. That's me not planning properly. Uh, if I could do all that stuff myself, that's a different story. Or if I have my own team. So here's what happens is when that happens to me, I've got two schools of thought. Number one, like I said uh, earlier, from now on, I won't announce until I know. But once I have a team that can help me with that, once I'm like, okay, guess what? This is your thing and this is what you do. You know, following Chris Ducker's uh, advice, you know, virtual freedom or, you know, Donald Miller's life plan stuff. I've been looking at that. I'm like, that's like, and Michael Hyatt, they've got their own teams doing stuff. Yeah. If I get to that point, then that changes my perspective again. I can say, all right, this is the goal, everybody. Let's make sure this is ready by this time, everybody. And then it should be, you know, and I'd probably still leave a buffer zone. But that's the problem is I've, I've, been, tr- I've been doing it the other way around. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm sure there's people in both camps of what you just sure. described is people that are exactly where you are right now that don't mm-hmm. have a team. And then there are people who have, assemb- have maybe a VA right. or a, a small team sort of and they're still building one. And, you know, the, it can't be overemphasized – how different that – like if I had a team right now, way different yeah. scenario. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is, is I mean in June, uh, our teachers went on strike here in, in, in British Columbia. So my daughter was home for two weeks when wow. she wasn't supposed to be and that changed the game. I'm like, OK, like the Asana book that Jeremy and I have been working on. We wanted to have that out by now, but it's just not been able to happen. So we've uh, – we've, you know, we're, we're, we're working on it. And the other danger is that if you announce something and then you lose interest in it or – and I'm not saying I've lost interest in the Asana book. I'm just saying that then all of a sudden you feel compelled to do something you don't necessarily want to do anymore. Um, you know, I want to work on my next book. I have copious amounts of notes for my next book. But I've had to say to myself, look, get the Asana book done first. Get that done. And that's going to – I mean because you're good at it. You know what you, know you guys are building. And then after that, work on the other book or, or you know, noodle on the other book as a break because the, you know, the Asana book is very much a technical kind of manual style book, right? Whereas the next book is that I'm working on, the big book, the kind of the follow up to the front nine kind of thing, although it's not called the back nine, I'll tell you that right up front. <laughs> um, I know, we is, had that conversation. Yes, we did, uh, is, is more of the, you know, kind of practical, not so much of a technical book. So I can I can bounce back and forth between those two. But if I took on, say, a, another technical type of manual project, I guarantee you the Asana project would either take it longer or I would lose interest or the other one would just languish just as much as the other one. So I think for anyone who's trying to do this stuff, especially when they're starting out, is pick one project at first, get that out there, let that start to add some revenue stream or goodwill or whatever you want to do, and then just keep layering and layering. I mean, and, and that's what a lot of people, we see this a lot, where you make some a certain amount of content and then you layer it into another type of content. So so like an audio book, you've done that with your stuff, right? Like, yeah. So, so I think that that's key, but remember that life happens. What's that John Lennon quote? Life happens when you're making other plans. Yeah, life is what happens to you when you're busy you're make, making yeah, other plans. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, and then a bunch of other beautiful. And that boys. that hap- and that happens totally when you're a stay at home parent working on your thing, and then you're you're the thing that is one of the reasons you're working on the thing. Mm. Family is, <laughs> is 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 priority, and they're priority one for me. I mean, I look at my son, and I mean, I'm not going to get. He's turning four. This week, oh, wow. uh, and I don't get the year three back again. You know, I don't get that back, and that's why I'm big on. And you know this, I'm big on focusing on task over time. I'd rather spend like last night. My son and I built a Lego jail for his Iron Man because uh, apparently Iron Man turned bad or something like that. Is <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's doing fan fiction with Legos now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so we built a jail and he's like and he and it was awesome. And then he ran and showed his his mother the jail and ran around and tripped and the jail broke and we had to rebuild it. That's something and I journaled that. Like those are things you don't get back. So the reason that I do what I do is for me and for my family and if I forget that, then that's that's the bigger problem, right? Totally. And and so let's close out that whole transition 
thing mm-hmm. uh, in terms of – because the one question from Jim was transition – how do you transition from hustling on the side to full-time self-employment? Jim, don't quit your job wholesale. No pun intended. I was working for Costco wholesale. <laughs> wow. uh, scale back. I went to part-time. Like scale back as far as you can and be willing to make compromises along the way and it'll work. I mean my wife has seen me take risk after risk and she's like – she's not even worried anymore. It doesn't phase her, which is kind of nice. There was another question that was similar, and I, I couldn't find it. Something along the same lines as Jim's, but it was, how do I to- – oh, I remember now because it used the word solopreneur, which I was like, that's not a word. You know that, right? Um, <laughs> it, we're adding preneur onto any word doesn't make it a word. Eric, productivityist isn't a word either, but I made it, it a word. It is now. <laughs> you invented that one. The other ones are all like, anyway, whatever. Sorry. I'm not trying to make fun of people. I'm just saying like, – and these are very entrepreneurial type uh, sure. things we're talking about right now, which is not you know, what the purpose of this program is about. But well, they're, even, they're even solopreneurial it, if you want to. Yeah. It's solo tangential. <laughs> whatever. Um, but they, they asked, how do you go from being you know a full-time corporate employee to a, a solopreneur? And then they put the stipulation – in a year. And I was like, um, see, I don't know that thing. I can even tell you that that's possible. See, I'm see, sure it is. It is, but in here's the certain pro- circumstances. Yeah. The problem is, I mean, when I left Costco, I was, it was, that was a four year thing in the making. Like I was doing comedy stuff and all that. And I was trying to transition out and I didn't transition out to do comedy. I transitioned out because comedy led me to trying to balance comedy career and, and Costco career led me to look in, David Allen's direction and Tony Robbins's direction and Covey's direction and all of a sudden the productivity stuff came along. That was the third op- that wasn't even an option when I started yeah. doing this stuff. And then all of a sudden that was the that was the niche, that was the kicker, that was the thing that kickstarted everything. So I think again when you put that kind of deadline on it in a year, that's too, that's too short in my mind. Again, I think you need to be looking back to the task thing. I need thinking to be saying what do I want to do? Why do I want to do it? What are the steps I need to take? And then if you're a time-oriented person, the problem with time orientation in a situation like that is that you're you're putting yourself in a position to deal with items in an urgent manner. Whereas if you're dealing it from a task-based perspective, you're saying, okay, this is important. It's not necessarily urgent, but it's definitely important. And when you do that, that's going to kind of give you the, the, the breathing space, right? Like the John Cleese quote, you know, in order to be creative, you have to have two things, time and space. You can't have one and be as creative as possible. Uh, you can't have the other and be as creative as possible. You have to have both. It gives you that capability to say, okay, how do I get creative? How do I make this shift without upsetting the apple cart entirely? Mm-hmm. So I think when you say in a year, you're really limiting yourself. And then when you fail, and you might, then you're not going to give yourself the, the, the credit you deserve for even trying, or you may not try again. So I think the the question should stop at how do you make the transition and then Say, all right, assess it all and say, you know what, this is going to take three years. If you have to add that deadline so that Parkinson's law doesn't, you know, make the work stretch out as far as it needs to. Mm, yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you say three years, then it will take you three years. If right. you shoot for one, you might be able to do it, but only if you're assessing it from less of a hard mathematical concrete day by day, day, week, month, year landscape. And you and might you not look be able to do from the task management. Yeah. You may not be able to do it on your own terms either. You may, right. you know, I mean, when I left, I mean, I was ghostwriting uh, up until this year, ever since I left the film festival, I was doing some form of ghostwriting or writing there. I wasn't all writing productivity posts. There are posts out there that my name is not attached to that are not productivity posts, but they brought in some income. If you want to be able to maximize the ability to do what you really want to do, if I didn't ghostwrite, I would probably not have jumped when I did. So you have to be willing to look at all angles. And if you give yourself, if that year is the defining um, article, as opposed to the thing being, you know, the task, the, the goal being the defining article, then you're, you're, you're putting yourself, you know, you're basically putting yourself in, under a really tight leash. And how far can a dog run when it's on a tight leash? Okay, these people are most likely family. I know Jim is family men in, in our case. And, you know, so the working from home, being a father, a husband, and also the entrepreneur slash solopreneur, a final throw it in there. Um, <laughs> Moving on through this list of what Andrew gave us, which is, you know, let me let me read through some of these so we can kind of, you know, give some context here as to where we're going. Working from home with kids. How can you develop the discipline required? How do you maximize the, the limited time you have while the kids are in school, daycare? You, you've already touched a little bit on this. 
How do you manage the chores of the house, still get your work done, get your family involved in the running of the house, things like that. So mm-hmm. let's kind of walk through these a little bit here. I know they kind of overarch on each other. Well, here's the thing is I talked about uh, how I don't focus on time as much as I do task. It doesn't mean I don't <laughs> I don't look at time. As, you kind of have to be aware of – well, of awareness of time to yeah. know what task you can select and well, move yeah, forward. It, it, it needs to be an indicator. It's measurable. Yeah. Remember, yes. t- t- time moves on whether you want it to or not. Tasks only move as far as you, you move them. So time, if I sit here and, and we chat for three hours, then you know the tasks that I had in mind for the day will slowly, slowly disappear because we're spending time on this. So that, that, that's part of it. So, I mean, let's talk about the chores because that's a good, good example as well as the limited time that you have. I do use a, 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 some sort of framework to structure my week that allows me to get what I need to get done done during the week. So, for example, I said my kids are in daycare. My, my son's in daycare on Mondays and Fridays. On Tuesdays and Wednesdays, he's home with me. And Thursdays, he's with my wife. Now, my daughter is in school during the school year. So let's just take the school year into account. On Mondays, when my son's in daycare, I have Monday as a day that I normally strike as an administrative day. So uh, it's a day where I don't do a lot of writing, but I will if I – the, the mood strikes, I will write. But I've labeled it in my mind as an administrative day. So when I wake up on Monday morning, it's like, okay, it's time to go through the motions, you know, check out the bat, you know, I'm having a meeting with my wife. So it's very much an admin first. So heavy lifting admin day. I've talked about heavy lifting and light lifting days before. And it's a light lifting creative day. And then further to that, it's a light lifting daddy day because I'm not here. My kids aren't here. When my kid gets home from school and I pick my son up, that's the trigger. For me, it's like, oh, Five o'clock, time to wrap up the day because my son's done daycare at 5.30 and I can get there by 5.30. So that's, that's the trigger. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, my son's home with me. So those are daddy duty days and that's when I do the chores. That's when the laundry gets done. That's when the, the larger household chores that aren't really maintenance oriented. So, you know, the, the vacuuming, the dusting, yeah. uh, you know, all that stuff, getting the garbage and recycling and all that stuff. Harvesting, we, we have an urban garden. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are when the major harvests happen. I mow the lawn on Wednesday uh, or Tuesday, depending on how I edge the lawn. And, and I'm like Schechter, because Schechter and I have joked about this before, my podcast partner. He's like, what's a lawn? Because he lives in Brooklyn. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm like and, – and being in Canada, most people are like, well, yeah, but you don't have to – what about shoveling the, the walk? It doesn't snow very much where I live. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually get to mow the lawn even in like December. Oh, as wow. odd as that sounds. Yeah, yeah, because it rains a lot. So the, the lawn will still grow. So, I mean, that's the stuff. Those are those days where they're daddy duty days. And of course, you know, my son's outside with me playing and we, we do a lot of play stuff that day. I cook dinner those days and my wife and I have a schedule of when she cooks dinner, when I cook dinner. Thursday is, again, uh, my son is home with my wife. So that'll be a day where I go out to a coffee shop or I'll sit in, in the office here in my bedroom, which is the only room in the house that has a door that I can have access to and no one else will come in. Same here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll write or I'll do – again, it's more of a creative day, but it's not necessarily the creative of I'm going to work on this specific project. And Friday is the same. My son's in daycare, so same thing. Saturday, family day, no work gets done. We all hang out. We do stuff. If there's some chores that need to be done, we do them. And Sunday is a full-on creative day for me. And the reason – and that will probably change at some point once I don't need to be writing on those days. But that's a day that my wife can take the kids and go do some stuff and I can really get some stuff done because Sunday is great because I'm not getting a lot of email. I'm not getting any phone calls and I can sit and write and do all that stuff. And the reason some people say, well, but weekends are for kids. Well, I have Tuesday and Wednesday as well. So I get three days with them. So let's not let, I mean, that, that's how I'm able to quote, justify, unquote that. So, so that's that framework. That's the weekly framework that, that I live by. So when I wake up on Tuesday, I don't go, oh, got to check email or, oh, don't forget to write a thousand words. It's, oh, it's daddy day. What, what Lego, what, what board game are we going to play today? What lawn, you know, and I still use my task manager for those days. I'll say, oh, it's Tuesday. It's the day I mow the lawn and I'll bring my son outside and he'll play in the sandbox and I'll mow the lawn and he'll tell me I'm being too loud. And, you know, I mean, it's, 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 so that's how I do do it. I don't structure. I don't say between one and two, I'm going to mow the lawn. You know, like that's the time I, I, I make time as big as possible because then that says, okay, well, sometime today I have to mow the lawn. It gives me that freedom of choice, gives me that wiggle room because with kids, for those who are, who are parents, uh, you don't always get to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Have that's you ever, if yeah. you, that's you just know? where I was going to ask you was, okay, kid, so kids, kids are task oriented. Yes. 
they're not time oriented at all. Even when they learn how to tell time, they're like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Even when they understand time, they don't understand time. No, exactly. So that, and that's so helpful. We could learn a lot from kids in that regard because if you're, if you've ever seen a kid like building that Lego jail, my son was intensely focused on building that Lego jail. Nothing would pull him away from that. Are you hungry? No, no. Um, you know, when he was two years, before he was potty trained, he'd sit there and pee his pants. (laughs) <laughs> He's just so intensely focused on it. So kids are great task managers. They're terrible time managers. And then what we do is we put them in school and then we say you have to get this done by this time. Don't forget the recess is coming up. Bing, bing. Oh, here's your your due date for this assignment is uh, next week. We don't say start it this day. We say your due date is next week. So we start to train our kids to be better time managers. You know, the thing that always moves whether we want it to or not and not so great at managing tasks. So we actually shift the alignment there. That's a whole other conversation, though. Yeah, yeah, and and, and so on those days, those daddy days, when mm-hmm. you're doing those chores, and I don't assume that you're the only one doing your the chores at the house. I assume that no, you know, your wife has hers that that are probably her either preference or easier yeah. or better yeah, skill at or whatever. She she hates putting the dishes away. She absolutely she'll leave the dishes. She doesn't. She'll clean them. But you'll leave them piling up, drying, and I'm, I'm, I'm. So what I'll do is that's my thing, and and there's other things like I do the outdoor stuff, but I don't do the gardening. She generally does the gardening. I'll do the bathroom. So there's different things that we we definitely take turns. So there's some fluidity there, but yeah, yeah, we definitely have our own things that we'll do. Did you at one point, or do you still have the list of the chores that, or or have you moved to okay? I know what needs to get done. I just need to do it. If you're focusing on the tasks for those days. Yeah, we generally we generally know. I mean, once because those tasks have been fairly repetitive on those days. It's funny. We're using Todoist uh, for business now. So we have a team inbox and we'll actually throw some family stuff in there sometime. Like so I'll put like uh, she'll put like wash walls in there, but she won't assign it to me. So I'll assign it to her. So, so we do have, but I mean, uh, she. This is one big thing that it took forever because she's very calendar oriented. So she would put on the calendar like recycling and garbage on these certain days that you need to go to the curb. I'll put it into my task manager for the day before so that I know it goes out the day before so it's at the curb. And she'll be like, well, why don't you just put it out? This is the day. I'm like, yeah, but if I put it in my task manager, then it doesn't flood my calendar because taking out the garbage isn't an appointment. I'm not going to sit with my my, my garbage and go, (laughs) well, garbage, how about you and me? We go out to the curb. It's more like I got to take you out to the curb. So I use my task manager for certain repetitive tasks. Like what Merlin's talked about this before. Like if you don't put everything in there, then something's going to fall through the cracks. So there's certain ones I want, especially garbage is a great one because when you have a holiday, right, the day can move for us. So it's not always Wednesday. Like if we have a stat holiday, it moves by a day. So I I like to put it in my task manager because that way I can move it to where it needs to go. We've gotten a routine down. Once the routine's down, and my wife's not as into task management as I am um, for obvious reasons. I think if we were both into it, then we wouldn't be together for 10 years. Uh, (laughs) So, um, But there are things we do keep digitally. Like Evernote is a huge bonus for us because we'll keep like all of our – like our camping gear in all the totes. I have labeled like the inventory of the camping gear box so I know what's in there. The the urban garden, you know, the garden we have out back I was telling you about, the reason we have it in Evernote is one year I accidentally pulled all the strawberry plants because I thought they were weeds. Yeah, so she took pictures of them. Seeing this, this is labeled strawberry. So she took a picture and now I know it's not a strawberry. Uh, Now it's a strawberry. So those things we'll use some technology for. But by and large, there's a lot of fluidity there. And now that my daughter's old enough to start doing some chores, um, that's helping out a bit. My son, on the other hand, he's, he's three going on four. So he... He understands that chores are reward-based for him still. He doesn't understand that the reward is living in the house with us is, is, is what he should be focused on. But yeah, I mean I think if you get too rigid with that stuff um, – and again, because I keep everything else in task management you know, uh, placeholders or, or whatever, that I do have a bit more freedom to not have to do it as much with my family chores because my bandwidth is a little bit more free to go, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to pull these nails up out of this thing because they're kind of sticking out or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Well, let's see. Today is uh, Monday. So tomorrow is one of your days, yep. uh, Tuesday. And say you don't get everything done tomorrow. Well, you've got another day. Yep. 
in the week. But even then, it's like, well, you know what? It was just this one thing I didn't get done. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. just do that this evening. And hey, maybe my daughter or my son wants to just come help me do it real quick. You know? Yeah, exactly. And Saturday being family day, it's the day where it's family stuff. So we actually make the, there's very few things in our calendar, but we have a ten to ten a.m. to twelve p.m. family activity. So we'll go for we live on we live on an island, right? Victoria, Vancouver Island. So we'll go for a walk on the on the beach. Or we'll go to the park or we'll go to the water or we'll go to the pool or whatever. Or we'll go for a bike ride. Excuse me. Whoa. Uh, so uh, that's that's scheduled because that's sacred time. that we Like my weekly review, it's something that I need to do and we need to make sure we do. But there will be other stuff we do on Saturdays like uh, you know we'll clean, clean the house or do some little things or help the kids clean the bedroom. So we really have three days or two and a half days to do it. But it, it's worked really well. And we used to have – like we used to have a nanny. We did. We didn't have daycare. My son would be at home and my kids would be with the nanny. And what was happening is every dime I was earning was going to the nanny. And it just didn't make any sense. So we just said, well, how can we restructure our lives so that we can get all this stuff done? We're spending time with our kids and we're getting the work done that we need to get done. And so far, so good. I mean, you you tweak it as you need to, but we haven't – We've been really good about it. Like my wife's right out right now buying groceries and stuff. And this is, I mean, what better time to buy groceries than on a Monday afternoon? Like no one's really doing any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So the week we free up the weekends to be able to do the fun stuff, and we're not going. Oh, we got to hurry and get home because you know there's dinner or whatever. We'll put we'll we'll prep something for the slow cooker and have that cooking or whatever. So yeah. Um, but it's all about and you know this very well. It's all about that front end work and this framework that I do for the week wasn't something that I just um you know oh here it is and this is how it's going to be. I all trial and error and now I know this is how it works and and eventually it, and it will have to change. But because I don't schedule my week so rigidly, I have the flexibility to be able to make those changes happen as opposed to, uh-oh, I can't do this at this time on this day anymore. What am I going to do? We've kind of not done the front end work and so mm. we backload it, all the chores for the weekend and then it's like, where'd our weekend go? Also, we worked all weekend getting chores done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it just doesn't work that way. And I mean, it was funny. My wife and I were talking uh, yesterday about um, – some nights she just likes to read and sometimes I like to do my stuff and we don't really chat all that much at night. And I said, you know, is that okay? And, Cause I wanted to make sure it was cool. We were coming up to our 10th anniversary actually next week. And I said, you know, uh, I wanted to make it the exception, not the rule that we do that. And she's like, you know, it's honestly, Mike, the way we've got our lives going, it rarely happens. And when it does happen, it's kind of a nice break. So she gets to go to yoga on, on, you know, Tuesday nights if she wants. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays, she goes to work, she comes home, dinner's ready. You know, um, she gets to go to yoga that night. She knows Monday nights is the night I record mics on mics. That's generally the way it's been. Now, that's going to have to change a bit with Schechter having kid number three. But the beauty part is that we have such a fluid, flexible schedule that we can make that happen. And he doesn't have as much of a fluid schedule. So you really get to see the, the, the freedom that you can create for yourself when you don't hyper schedule yourself. And that's a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll hyper schedule themselves so that they can get everything fit in. And if you start focusing again, I hate to be, beat a dead horse, although it's not really a dead horse. It's very much a living horse task over time. If you say, Hey, you know, I need to get this done. It has to be done by this date for sure. But if I focus on it consistently, then that due date really never becomes a factor. And every day kind of becomes the due date. Yeah. So having, structure and or framework for support which is what it's there for mm-hmm. but not scheduling and or or even strict scheduling is probably how sh- how we should put it so that right. you have that pressure or that stress yeah i mean think about it governance versus anarchy which would work better right <laughs> well th- i mean really anarchy is like oh i'd love to be able to do what i want but if you if everybody could do everything that they wanted all the time without some kind of framework in place nothing would get done yeah. so you have to have some kind of framework there some kind of foundation and when you have that but don't make it too rigid then you have a lot of flexibility to to, to really you know play with things and make make it work for you rather than against you. One of the other factors, obviously, and especially recently for you, you've been all over the place, you know, WDS and mm. you're going to podcast movement. Got it right. Yep. And yep. you're traveling. So some of those evenings or those days, you're not there. And so the, the schedule's going to get thrown off from time to time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when that happens, like before WDS, 
uh, I had to front end load a lot of work. I had to I had to really work work hard, and I had to say no to more stuff. I had a lot of people saying, like, um, I know you you've been reading David Sparks's book, new yes. book, presentations, and I just started reading it today. And David emailed me about a week ago and said it's coming out. I said, you know, I'll do my best to get it out uh, a post out on Tuesday because that's when I blog. In the past, I would have done it the day of for sure. I would have, but. That's a situation where I said, you know what, if I put it out the day after on a day I would normally blog anyway, what's the big deal? He's st- you know, and, and so I've learned that there's certain things that have to have some give. But I made sure I scheduled, you know, like, hey, and I actually scheduled read David's book. And David would appreciate that more than anybody else, <laughs> um, you know, because that way I knew I got it done. Again, important first. Now, if 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 I don't read it till till to, uh, till later tonight, then it's now urgent as well. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean. And so I think that and the travel stuff, like I really try to schedule my travel around those days, Thursday through through Monday, because my wife won't miss any work, and that stresses her out. When she misses a day of work, unless I'm getting paid to be there. Uh, that stresses her out. So uh, WDS, I left. The only reason I left on the Wednesday is because we took my daughter over with me to Vancouver because she went up to see her grandma in the Yukon and I went down to Portland. But when I go to uh, podcast movement, I can look at my schedule right now. I'm flying out on the Thursday and I'm coming back on the Monday. And that's just go. the way and that's the way we do it. And and it's 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 all about like, you know, me understanding, hey, this is what really is, is, a, is a pain point for her. I want to be there, and I'm actually going to go to San Antonio after the podcast movement because I've never been there before. As long as you understand where the give and take can be, and same thing with XOXO. In fact, they're coming when I go to Portland again in September. My whole family's coming with me. We're doing the and we're doing the Portland. They've never been. Nice. So yeah, and I mean, when I go to, uh, I'm going to New York in October, and I'm doing Simple Rev, you know, at Joel Zaslowski's conference along with Dan Hayes and Vanessa Hayes. Yes. When I do that again leaving Thursday, coming back Sunday. So again, time's a factor and it, it actually can help guide which way you want things to go. It shouldn't be timeocracy. It should be taskocracy, I guess. Is the way I like that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I had a thought, but you were just saying so much good stuff that I blanked on it. So pretty much at the end of our time here now. You're going to have to have me back on to answer I all these am. questions. I know. Well, we kind of, I mean, Andrew should be able to figure out his, oh, I remember what it was. Right. All these questions that he's asking, you've, in some sense or another, given the answers to, but only he can, only you can figure out the it's answers sub- for it's, you. It's subjective. It's yeah, totally, it very much I mean, is. And I mean, you, you and I, we know context very well. We use context when it comes to productivity. It's one of the biggest things to context for those who don't know. It's a part of the getting things done methodology. David Allen has talked about it for quite a while. And, it, and depending on what task management application you're using, they're either called contexts. In Todoist, they're called labels. In Asana, they're called tags. But nonetheless, they all hold the same purpose. And what they do is they add value to your tasks. If you start using contexts that matter to you, because remember, contexts are going to be something that you hold dear over the long term. Projects are things that can end. You know, They have a beginning and they generally have an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start to assign contexts that have real meaning and value to you, you're going to really it, – it's like a beautiful mind where you can kind of look yes. <laughs> when, part yes. of, when part of it, that's what that does. And so um, I, I challenge, especially at this time of year because we're, we're in the middle of summer. Now, what, there's only one other period of time slower than summer and that's Christmas, like the holiday season, Christmas time or whatever you want to call it. So this is the time where you can say, okay, you know what? Everyone's a little moving a little bit slower. The heat's causing people to move a little bit slower, at least in the northern hemisphere. Now is the time to kind of figure out what I need to do to set things up. Um, you know, how do I make this front end? How do I, what works for me? And the starting point, honestly, if you're using a task manager already, take a good look at your context. Take a good look at your labels. If you're not using them or your tags or whatever, start using them. And don't use like home, office, especially if you work from home. Yeah. Especially if you work from home. Uh, don't use like home, office. Look at like, do energy levels resonate? Do people resonate? Um, I wrote a post for 99U that talks about different ways you can use context. Um, you can use the urgent important, um, you know, the priority matrix as as context. All four of those could be labels if you wanted to. And it all every one of the people that I've dealt with as a coaching, uh, as a coach, have said not one of them is using the same context at all. Projects may be the same. And some of them may be using some context like calls, emails, whatever. 
but what resonates with them. Some people are like, this will take me less than 10 minutes, so my label is 10 minutes or less. Oh, this one, I'm an energy level person, so I'm going to say low energy. Oh, you know what? I'm, a, uh, I'm an urgent, important person, so I'm going to label that urgent, important. So I would challenge you to look at that. We're really smart people, which means we're really stupid. Uh, Merlin said this before as well, <laughs> where, where basically we can look at something and go, oh, yeah, I'll remember. And he did this famous thing. Uh, he did this uh, for those who are at the OmniFocus setup. He talked about buy jam, buy jam, buy jam. If you don't write it down, then your head will be cluttered with jam forever. You're not knowing what, you know, why, why can't I get break, break through this, this thing? Every time I walk somewhere and I see jam, why do I see jam? If you start adding context that means something to you, then you're going to start to see things filter through. And then you're going to go, oh, you know what? I need to structure my week like this. Or you need to do something like do with my months where I say, hey, each month, if I get really stuck, I can look at my monthly calendar, my new year calendar, and go, oh, you know what? This theme for this month is working on my uh, on the Asana book. Okay, so what do I do now? Let's look at the Asana book. Oh, how do I feel today? Oh, I got low energy. Let's see what low energy tasks are related to my Asana book. And that's going to help you move things forward. It's funny. We, we always say don't be productive about productivity or don't – Stop doing stop, productive. Yes. Stop being it. productive. Start being productive. <laughs> but what's funny is, is you almost have to do front-end work before mm. you can get the work done. Yep. And, and that's very different from being – productive about productivity but uh yeah there's you, a reason there's, there's a reason yeah. yeah the the apps we use think about it if you were using the back end if you ever work in terminal or something like if you're looking at if you were not looking at the user interface of your favorite app or your favorite web page and you were looking at the back end of it you'd be lost it doesn't mean you couldn't get anything done but it'd take you a heck of a lot longer mm-hmm. build your user interface build the thing that's going to allow you to make your to-do list look great so that it's a to-do list worth doing oh, i as like opposed- that yeah. You know? I like the idea of creating your user interface yeah. so that you then can make it manageable to input, output, it, click I mean, buttons, etc. What do you use? You use OmniFocus, right? I'm using Todoist. Okay, so and why do you use Todoist? Well, one, you sold me on it to try it out. And then two, <laughs> <laughs> um, just the, I felt there was a level of simplicity to it that I could jump in and start with. And then once I got used to that, I started to do more complex stuff in there, and I even got my wife to install it on her phone, and yep. then she was out and about checking things off and adding things to a project that I'd called Prep for Leaving for New York back when in June for my brother's wedding. Mm. And, it, it, and amazingly, I'm sitting here, quote-unquote, doing work on my laptop, and I check in on Todoist, and suddenly some new stuff pops up, other stuff suddenly is checked off, and I'm like, oh, that feels good. She's out yeah. doing stuff and we're, con- we're in sync, you know? Mm-hmm. And so. that's the thing is that there's a lot of people – there's some people who like using Trello. And I know there was some questions about Trello use cases and stuff like that. And I know that, that if you're using Trello, you're probably a very visual person. So it would be good for like – well, that garden thing I was telling you about or for something like uh, a home reno or for blueprints or whatever because there's a lot of visual stuff. It's very personal Kanban kind of stuff. So it's all dependent on work style. That's going to help you decide what user interface is going to work for you because there are some people who love OmniFocus. There are some people who love Asana. There's some people who love Todoist. It doesn't matter. The, what matters is that you find that you, is you, you date the app that works for you. You start giving it a little bit like you were when you were dating or if you are dating, you're like, oh, I'll, give, I'll give them a little bit of information and see what they do with it. And then as time goes on, you're giving them the really hard stuff and the stuff that – because you're building trust, right? And, and I think that once you get to that point, that's all the front end work is. That's like, hey, I – I'm going to work with you and we're going to build a framework together. So that way, when I'm lost, when I'm stuck, when I wake up first thing in the morning and I don't know what to do, I'm not going to open my email application. I'm going to open up my task manager or my user interface or whatever you want to call it and say, this is what Mike Vardy of two days ago or one month ago or yesterday says that I should do today. And I trust that Mike Vardy because he trusts this system and you know, vice versa. I love it. That's a great place to end. I think there's lots of conversations with yourself, with those that you work with, with those that are your family, Mm -hmm. all of the above, because only then will you have the answers to then start to create your user interface. I know you talk about this kind of stuff a lot on on the show. And I mean, I talk about a lot of Productivityist, uh, which is now a company. It's no longer just, you know, Mike Vardy freelancer. It's Mike Vardy is the chief Productivityist and founder of Productivityist. Nice. And that took a while. You'll find lots of stuff out there for this stuff. But the key is, is to remember, you know, find what works for you. Because whenever anybody asks me, what app should I use? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just don't. <laughs> and I'm sure you get the same question. So yeah. you have to – I just like when I'm dealing with a coaching client, I have to dig deeper. You can dig deep w- within yourselves and and if you need help, you know, there's there are people out there that will help you. There are sites that are out there that will help. There are coaching options that will uh, help you. Uh, I, I am one of them. I was going to say. go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, you're going to come back on the show. So I, I don't know when. Someday. But uh, we'll, I, I we'll, prob- we'll, we'll, we'll probably have you on Mike's on Mike's. Uh, when I'm down at Podcast Movement, I'm going to be doing some recordings. So oh, that'll be cool. We'll, that would be great. We'll, yeah, we'll probably hear you on 5x5 five five sooner rather than later. Nice. The thing is, is I have to have Schechter on before I have you back again. It's true. It's he's now two you, to zero. So yeah, he's he's feeling the he's feeling the pain. You yeah. know, make sure you, and make sure you hit him up soon before he's got that third kid. I, I although will. that although that could be your excuse not to bring him on. Well, it's like sorry, dude. Or that's what we talk room. about. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Mike. Thank you so much for being back on the show. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me, Eric. Appreciate it. Well, that wraps up another episode of Beyond the To Do List. Thanks again to Mike Vardy for coming on the show again. It was an awesome conversation. Three things I'd like you to do. One, let Mike know that you appreciated his appearance on this show. Two, go check out all the links that are in the show notes for this episode at beyondthetodolist.com slash 75. And three, the awesome people over at Todoist that Mike and I have mentioned a couple times in this episode have given me five premium accounts to give away. So, in order to enter to win, go again to those show notes at beyondthetodolist.com slash 75, and you'll find where you can enter your email address to be entered to win one of those premium accounts. Thanks again to Todoist for being awesome and for being so generous. And thanks again to you, the listener, for listening to this episode. I'll see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast. Theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome. Laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx.